I think trusting yourself is first thing that you should do. And then second is self-awareness. Once you know what's going on around you, you can figure out how to implement yourself. This is The Playbook, where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook and what has made them champions on and off the field. This is The Playbook. I'm sitting in a grand opening of the first black own beauty salon in Santa Monica, California with an incredible entrepreneur. But I, I have to tell you, Cordell brought us, he's not only an entrepreneur, uh, but he's a, a renaissance man. He was an incredible football player, played at UCLA, gave it all up for fashion, filmmaking. And now not only is running his father's web 3.0 division of the metaverse and his father is someone that we all know, of course, but I'm not going to bring that up because the man stands alone by himself when it comes to business and dealing in the space of NFTs now. Uh, Doge Dash, you're the creative director there as well. Yes, How do you yes. keep all this stuff organized, which is one of the most common questions for a serial entrepreneur? How do you keep all these buckets in place? You know, honestly, Dave, it's all about your team. And, you know, it may sound cliche, but like I try to hire people that's better than me at things that I know I'm not the best at and just focus on what I'm good at. And like, I'm a great connector and I think of what's not there and try to figure out what the solution is to, you know, bring something to that, that void. And when my father, I just always saw like. And you can tell one who your father is. I don't want to tell him. My, my dad is Snoop Dogg. Um, <laughs> Can't tell by the way he looks. Yeah, and if you don't know him by that name, he's also Cosimo Medici in the NFT space. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. I shall say, but um, nah, I just always felt like my dad should be, um, you know, virtually integrated with Web3 and gaming. And cause I always felt like that was the, the, the future. Cause when you look at the numbers these gaming companies make versus movie, movie companies and record labels, it's like they're, they're making money every day. Like the Fortnite blueprint was so genius. Yep. Like how they had Travis Scott and Ariana Grande performing. When I saw that, it was like the, the aha moment for me. Like, oh, music, fashion, everything that you could cross-pollinate is going digitally. And that's when I put my head towards Web3. And your, da your dad's closer to my age, but he's always been open-minded uh, to a visionary. And I've been blessed. I was in Web10. My, my first millions were made in the internet in 1992. My mom actually told me the internet was a fad. I graduated law school. She said I was gonna lose everything. We sold our first company in 1995 for $3.4 billion in 1995. Wow. Then I, 99, I was in Web 2.0, Samsung's first uh, division of uh, the smartphone. They didn't even call them in 99, they didn't call them smartphone. It was a Windows device, a Windows C device, and they called it a convergence device. And so now I'm like your father on the outside and I have all these young, ingenious young men, <laughs> entrepreneurs tell me, Dave, you gotta get involved in the Web 3.0 and I go full in because there's no question about technology anymore. See, we used to question the actual technology. Right. Now right. it's the application of the technology that people are questioning. And if you have the situational knowledge and experience and relationships that you have, you're going to be able to utilize the best application of the technology. What are the, some of the things that you find to be the best application of the technology Doge Dash, stuff that you're doing with your dad. Where can we get people to focus in on not the hype, but the actual business that can be done 
with the technology. I really like what Gala Games is doing. Um, you know, it's a huge gaming company. Uh, and I think it's all about your community. So, like, when you go to all these things, you want to feel involved, whether it's Doge Dash, it's Sandbox, you want to feel involved in that world. And Gala Games, you know, really professionalize in involving their community, making sure that everybody's getting airdrop, cool NFTs, getting, you know, incentives to play the next game. Um, and I think that's where it's all about, like, just really, you know, taking care of the consumer and putting your thought and your, 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 your brand with them because they are the ones that's pumping it up. And one of the things that, as I look at your career, look at what your family's been able to do is Shakespearean. I, I, I know you're a film guy, <laughs> so you'll get this, but it's Shakespearean nature in, in two ways. One, there's a Shakespearean saying, to thine own self be true. And if you look at the energetic and genetic inheritance that you have in your family, it's just being yourself. And, you know, a lot of people early on before you build that community don't necessarily appreciate the differences. Man, that is so crazy that you're saying that because it sounds so simple, but it's like that's really the formula. Like my dad and, you know, myself, you know, when we do business, we don't care how big it is. And it not to sound like, you know, big head or anything, but it's just like we feel deep down in our side in, inside ourselves that. You know, it's going to come to us, like, no matter what it is. But that don't mean you don't got to work hard and, you know, put in the, the grind and the hours. But it just really mean knowing, like, you got it. And, like, I think trusting yourself is first first thing that you should do. And then second is self-awareness. Once you know what's going on around you, you can figure out how to implement yourself. And, like, all these things we're doing with brands is just thoughts, you know, so it, and it all starts with yourself. So if you good, you can think of some good ideas and implement it with those companies and, you know, reap the benefits. And reaping the benefits by building a big community based on trust, based on being yourself, only has really, to me, one downside. And, you know, I ran one of the most notable sports agencies in the world and had to protect a lot of times the athletes, celebrities, entertainers that I represented from people taking advantage of them. And when you have a very large man. community, man, everyone has a big deal. And I was with a, a, a young athlete today on Radio Row uh, who taught me uh, Devon Kennard. He said, Dave, I got to trust everybody, but vet the crap out of them. I got to have a verification system. And I know through your own personal experience, there's a lot of things to vet and verify. What are some of the pieces of advice that you give people because there are a lot of scams out there. there. When you have a big community, what are some of the things that you do to verify and vet what's real and what's not? So I call it the Nick Saban rule. Like, if you want to work with us, you got to come with your uniform on. You got to come to practice. You can't just show up to the game. Like, Nick Saban pushed you through a gauntlet before you could go to that first game of the season. So, like... Not only am I going to vet you, I'm going to make sure that you show up dedicated and you discipline and, you know, you really care about what it is that we're doing before we even get to the contracts and the legality of all that. Because I feel like we got to start promoting shrewd businessmen. Like, it's not rude, it's shrewd. So it's like you just going at it with a, a very confident and hands-on approach. So it's like, I care about this. So I'm going to make sure, you know, it gets to its destination. And... 
if you don't care, I could I could smell it a mile away. But you know, going through that gauntlet, it it, it speaks you know value. Well, Cordell, I'm gonna quote you on that. You know, I post a lot of stuff and been trained by the best. A mutual friend of ours, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yes, but I'm sir. gonna quote you. I, everybody may have not heard that. I'm not rude. I'm shrewd because <laughs> this is a key business issue. You know, you're looking at someone that's fairly educated, been around the block a few times. But one of the things I think so interesting in my own career is that I always felt like if I asked the hard questions or if something doesn't sound right, if I call you on your bullshit, then I'm rude. Right. And then I end up blaming you for ripping me off when I knew you were ripping me off. Exactly. And it's being shrewd that is really the component and it's not being rude. And I think that's a really wise uh, le lesson that you learned. Now, uh, moving forward, the technologies that we're dealing with are applicable to so many areas. Uh, filmmaking, for example, have you looked at how we can apply, you know, blockchain, NFT, crypto into the film world? So like, to be honest with you, I'm not so much on the technical side. I'm more creative yeah. and like yeah. best believe that me and my dad have been brainstorming around movie ideas because he just recently acquired Death Row Records. Yeah. And like just that title alone is like a horror film. And like <laughs> I've been telling him like, yo, we got to do a horror film and put it on a blockchain. I don't technically know how to put it on the blockchain yeah. in that manner. But as far as connecting with the right director, the right writer in the right production company, I think it just starts there and then all the other pieces will align. And, you know, being on the creative side is so important because I'm on that side too. I used to sell people, I've made more money off of technology and I don't even know how what to, to code, do. How right? to, I know yeah. the words, <laughs> but I know the right people. Um, you know, I look at a lot of things in relationships because you are in a relationship person besides being creative yourself. Exactly. Um, and that creativity to me, I, and, I, and I am faith-based, not in a religious sense, but a spiritual sense that right. I believe there's something bigger than me that knows everything and right. loves me more than my mom loves me. Right. So to be creative is to be connected to that creativity or that source. And we get confused though, between relationships and results. Mm. And, you know, it seems like to me that, you know, you know how to get the results by finding the right relationships. Yes. Uh, the people who understand the technology, surrounding yourselves with the best people and the, and the best ideas. What are some of the things that you do, either reading podcasts or research wise, to get not only the best results, but to find the best people? Because you're talking about attaching people to your projects. How do you search out those people that you find will be best for your projects? I'm hands on. So I'm at events, I'm going to parties, I'm going to brunches, you know, trying to network with people in real life as well as being on articles online. I'm, I'm reading articles, following the journalists, just, you know, following everything that I feel brings value. And like with that, you know, things start to pop up. Somebody may DM you or you get invited to this party where this person is at that you've been wanting to meet. And I do a lot of manifesting. So like before it happens, I'm telling myself it's happening. Like last year around like September, um, I saw Shaq at this event and he, 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 he recognized me and he was like, let's take a picture. And after we took a picture in my head, I was thinking, I'm like, should I tell him about NFTs? And I was like, nah, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna work with him on NFTs. And last week his team called me and we spoke about, you know, the NFT that he's dropping soon. And 
it was just crazy because it took like six, seven months for that to happen. But I put myself in that mind state before it happened so I would be prepared when it does happen. Well, now you're speaking my language. I wrote a book about manifesting everything you desire in life <laughs> and business. And there's five levels of intention uh, that you naturally seem to have. It's not just what you do. It's not just what you say, not just what you think, not just what you believe, but what you feel. And you go with a lot of the feeling combined with the doing. One of the things that I find fascinating about you as well is I, I get around a lot of celebrities, athletes, entertainers in my career, billionaires, millionaires. <laughs> right, right. And I always worry about their kids. Man. And my biggest fear for my own kids is I grew up with nothing, right? Single mom, six kids. She packed my dinner in a paper bag, worked two jobs just so I could eat. And my siblings all went to the Ivy Leagues, Harvard, Penn, Columbia, medical UCLA. school at UCLA. Yeah, exactly. say that, say exactly. that. <laughs> um, and I would have went to UCLA, but for the fact they wouldn't let me play football, which is probably good for their football team. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I find it remarkable that, you know, you grew up with a lot more than I did. You could have whatever you want, but everything that you do, you do at your best and you give it your best. I mean, it's not easy to play football at UCLA. Right. Right. I, I don't care if you have all the talent in the world, but People don't realize you have to have consistent, persistent every day. And I would think it'd be difficult when you can have whatever you want. You don't have to really worry about doing well in school. You don't have to worry about playing anything. And yet you worked harder than most kids I know that have nothing. Right. And where does that empowerment come from to be like I call it the desire that you must be what you can be? You know what it is? Um, and a lot of people don't know our family legacy beyond Snoop. You know, my dad actually looked up to my mother's dad. And, you know, my dad grew up in Long Beach, which everybody knows. Um, but my mom's father was the king of Long Beach in the 70s. So while my dad was growing up, he got to watch my grandfather and idolized and wanted to be like him. Like, you know, my grandfather was one of the biggest drug dealers in Long Beach like when he got busted by the CIA it was the biggest bust of that time Dang. so like there's that movie coming right right <laughs> you know like he had Royce Royces um all his baby mothers had houses and cars like this guy was making a million dollars a week um and then my my dad's grandfather my great-grandfather was a gardener in Mississippi um so he cut uh Peyton Manning's mother's house um he, he he cut a lot of different people's house and gardening and m removing trees um and then with the money that he earned he bought a lot of acres and then the macomb mississippi airport actually bought the land that he owned in like the 60s or 70s so he became a millionaire as well so like our family has always been dedicated hard-working just entrepreneurial. you know entrepreneurial and 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 well-known people and it's like my dad is one of them. Like, he's just, you know, he, he did it the biggest globally. But, you know, we come from a, a long line of businessmen. And, like, I got to give all the credit to my mother on raising us um, in a manner of not too high and not too low. Like, she found a good medium. Like, you know, at our house, it was like 20 to 15 people living there. Um, and, you know, after the, the house has that many people, the house isn't that big anymore. So, like, growing up, I didn't know that we was rich. I really didn't because it was people on couches. It was people on the floor. You got cousins wearing your clothes. So, it was like we never felt like 
we were on top of the world. It just felt like we were, we had a, a huge village. Like my uncle, my auntie, my grandma, my grand, everybody lived in our house. And it was fun. And it, it kept things regular. And looking up to people, you know, and having a blessing to have a mentor like your father. But it's also not always easy to work with our family. And you work with a lot of your family. You work with your wife in, in this project. You work with your dad. You work with other family members. What do you find most challenging when it comes to working with family? Sometimes they don't want to believe you because they saw you when you was a baby. Snapshots, right? I yeah, call them. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's stuck in back down memory lane, you know? So it's like, I had to tell my mom years ago, and I'm like, mom, I'm the next like leader in our family. Like you, y'all need to listen to me. She didn't want to listen to me. So it's like, <laughs> I but I was 17, yeah. you know, I was super ambitious and I'm telling her like, no, we need to work out. We need to eat this food. We need to do this. Like just always been like the glue to my family. Um, and then when success hits, it's like everybody, you know, then they start to fall in line and it's like, you know, it's, it's easier to, to, to run the ship after that. So anybody that's trying to do family business, I would say go get some success first um, and figure out how you can implement family members to be those business partners that you want. And because all it is is just empowering people. You know, that was the whole reason why I wanted to get a beauty bar so that the women in my family can have something, you know, because they don't make music. They don't. They're not in commercials. They're not right. doing NFTs. So it's like, we need something for the women in my family because they get you know left out the conversation because my dad is so huge. And it's like, the women are, why I'm so generous, why I think about everyone. You know, I'm an entrepreneur because of the men in my life, but I'm a well-balanced person because of the women. So, you know, it's a full circle moment. Yeah, I live in that same circle. My dad being an entrepreneur, my grandfather, but my mom was the glue. My dad left. And so I totally understand the importance of that. Uh, talking about those snapshots, you know, people do laugh at you, scoff at you and make fun of you. Oh yeah. Then they applaud you. Oh yeah. Um, and I even still, uh, with the successes that I've had, I still sometimes with my own siblings, they still just remember me being a, a, a jerky brother. And right. you know, I, and there's what I call only two types of people in the world. Ignorant people, people that don't know what they don't know. Right. And ignorant people, people that don't know what they don't know. <laughs> the difference is that there's arrogant, ignorant people that right. won't admit that they don't know what they don't know. Uh -huh. And then there's humble, ignorant people like yourself that have a different perspective and say, look, I know I don't know what I don't know, but I also know I can make this happen. Manifest it yes. through hard work, saying, doing, believing, and feeling what you want. Yes. Um. But one of the dangerous things about family and being is that I used to think only people that, you know, were ignorant and arrogant, were manipulators. They 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 weren't people that loved me. But what I found as I got older is the people that loved me the most inhibited me the most out of ignorant arrogance. And the arrogance came from love and protection. Mm. Like, oh, I, don't do that. Yeah. You, you won't do that because yep. I, you could get hurt and fail. Exactly. Right? Like football is a good example, right? Right. Most mamas. Mine especially, don't play football. There's, you'll play soccer. So I'm glad you said that because it's like, you're right. They don't want you to try to do something because you may fail, you may lose money. But for me, when I was playing football, my, the women in, in my life stayed in the stands. Like they never, you know, tried to, cause it's, it's that's a man's game. And it's like in this business world, it's, it's a business game. So like, while I'm doing business, stay out my way. Nice. Like, and, and that's how it was able to, 
you know, be complimentary because, you know, they do things that I'm not, I'm not good at finding hairstylists and <laughs> figuring out how we want to design the shop. Like that's, that's what they do great. You know, I could find the building and try to bring the people and, you know, it makes a great team after that. You know, what I think's remarkable about you as we finish up is that it usually takes years. It took me years to know not only what I don't know, but to know what I do know and then have the humility to not only admit I don't know about, you know, hair business or I, I thought because, you know, I'm a millionaire nine months out of law school. Right. I know everything. <laughs> and so I should do everything and I know everything about everything. Right. What I think is remarkable about you is that you really know what you're good at and you're humble enough to say, hey, man, I don't know the technology stuff or I'm not a movie producer. I'm going to find myself a producer. I'm a creative. I'm someone that can write and, and storytell. I also you're not just a connector of people. You're a connector of ideas. Right. One of the things I learned in the short amount of time is you have all these varied experiences through education, through life, through family, through business, and you're able and capable of picking and choosing the different data points and seeing where the synergies lie that creates a greater good in the idea, in the yes. creation itself. Yes. And I think that's a gift that you should, you know, nurture and inherit. And it's one that, you know, I mean, very few young entrepreneurs that I'm sitting there going, man, I got to do business with this kid. <laughs> Not that we aren't already doing a few things together, but I am so impressed with you, Cordell. You are truly an entrepreneur, but you're also doing it for the right reasons. You have a beautiful family, two beautiful daughters, and you really want to help people, which will always make a difference. I got an old saying, be kind to your future self and do good deeds, yes. money will follow and it's following you everywhere, upside, <laughs> downside, and they'll continue to follow you. 